Now we're going to honor this, this character right here, Orson Welles. And the photograph we have is done about the time of the talk that we're going to hear part of today. It's 1938, and he was then uh, the producer and director and writer and actor in the Mercury Theater. And what I thought I'd do just a little bit is to, before we get to, I'm going to play about 20 minutes of the actual broadcast. But I'm going to tell you a little bit about Orson Welles. He was 23 years old here. And the New York Times theater critic, Brooks Atkinson, said, Mr. Wells' voice is an organ that has an independent existence, divorced from mind and purged of a sense of humor. When he starts playing tunes on it, dynasties crumble, civilizations start falling apart, and radio listeners fly into the streets. And that's because on Halloween 70 years ago, the Mercury Theater and their 8 o'clock normal hour broadcast did a production of War of the Worlds. But they were very tricky. They, uh, they did it in present tense, and they used the kind of staccato journalistic broadcast culture that had, been, had become common. About a, a month before Halloween, Europe was in, in crisis. The Munich crisis hit. Uh, Hitler took the Sudetenland, and this is when Chamberlain came back and said, oh, no, peace in our time and all that. But there was a lot of nervousness around the world because of what was going on in Europe. So that had all been broadcast in September of 1938. So when Wells and his cohorts a, year, a month later did the War of the Worlds, people took it very seriously. So this is very interesting because back in 1938, Today we're in a culture where we're bombarded by niches of media. You know, whatever your interests are, you, you have, there's a niche there for you someplace. Back in 1938, there were two networks, NBC and CBS, and most people would tune in to one or the other. So at 8 o'clock on a Sunday night, a lot of people tuned in to War of the Worlds. Now, what happens is at the beginning of this, you'll hear Wells or the, the announcers say, this is the Mercury Theater, blah, blah, blah. But if you didn't listen to that first five seconds, it would take 39 more minutes before somebody came on and said, you were listening to a play. This isn't real. And because by that time, the CBS, uh, the, the, all the telephone operators had been in, engulfed by phone calls from people panicked, because people were panicked. Um, I'm going to read you just a little bit of what the, the day after in the press, um, the FCC was going to investigate. They had requested the transcript and electric recording of the radio broadcast. Meanwhile, with large, this is what the New York Times said, with large sections of the radio listening public incensed over what they regarded as a dangerous hoax, the broadcasting system and Mr. Wells, the 23-year-old star of the disputed show, joined in issuing statements of regret. Yes. Uh, the New York Times said, all the same, the thing is far from being a joke. It seems it comes pretty close to being a national tragedy. It has revealed to us things about ourselves it might, it might be better not to know. It has proved that men and women sitting comfortably by their firesides are quite as susceptible to unreasoning panic as men caught in surges of mob emotion. It has proved that there are forms of fear against which mere common sense is apparently powerless. 
and it shows pretty plainly the state to which our national nerve has been reduced. Uh, the Washington Post the day after said, good show, but, oh, this is a letter to the editor. Sir, I admit that I am one of the many thousands, to quote a famous newspaper writer, incredibly, stupidly, who lacked of nerve and, and were ignorant, who found cause for alarm while listening to Mr. Orson Welles' radio dramatization of War of the Worlds. If I had met Mr. Welles a few moments following the broadcast, I would have been inclined to take a swing at him. Now I would like to congratulate him for what I consider one of the greatest, greatest radio presentations ever heard on the air. It was a darn good show. Another letter to the editor. I love this because it sounds so contemporary. Does no one in the United States read? Why the furor over the very excellent portrayal of War of the Worlds by Mr. Wells and his Mercury Theater? I can't imagine an intelligent person who has not read the story and thrilled to the excitement in that highly imaginative piece of fiction. Even people who never buy a book uh, should be able to read, well, never, that's another one. Uh, as an example of gross ignorance and pure childish stupidity, Sunday night's exhibition bests, beats everything in the paper for weeks. The people who were angry were the most ridiculous of all. One is always angry when one is made to look foolish. Another letter to the editor. Sir, perhaps nothing in these days tends better to show the mental attitude of a large number of our people than their crazy reaction to Sunday night's sensational radio theater broadcast. The cause of Sunday night's hysteria is not difficult to find. The all-night life, the senseless, barbaric swing music, questionable songs, drinking parties, wild, drunken activities, yada, 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 yada. Anyway, he, he finishes by saying, I hope I may live to see the United States upon the upgrade again, educationally, morally, and mentally. Okay, now I'm going to play about 20 minutes of the broadcast, and you'll notice that um, after the beginning, you're not going to hear anything else saying it's a play. Okay, I'm going to, because this goes on, it's, it's a very slow-moving, compared to what we're used to today, it's a very slow-moving kind of program, but that was, they were trying to mimic the everyday radio programming of broadcasts from the top of the Astoria Hotel and things like that. What happens is that the creatures start coming out of the cylinder and the program describes how with great balls of black smoke, pretty soon they're, they eventually get into Manhattan and people are dying right, left, and center. And Dr. Pearson, who is Orson Welles, goes along. He manages to survive. And so he gives us eyewitness account. And at, one, at the very end, he says, 
that the, the monsters are starting to die because apparently they can't survive in the earth with the earth, earth's bacterium and, and air. So ultimately, the Martians die, and in about two weeks, the Earth goes back to being like it always was before. But meanwhile, a lot of folks who hadn't heard that this was a play had panicked and, and uh, were running out of their houses trying to figure out, you know, where are they, where, what's going on, especially people in New Jersey and, <laughs> and Manhattan. So Orson Welles, the day after, gave a kind of apology. He said, War of the Worlds has no further significance than as the holiday offering it was intended to be. The Mercury Theater's own radio version of dressing up in a sheet and jumping out of a bush and saying, boo. You will be relieved, I hope, to learn that we didn't mean it and that both the world and CBS are still open for business. So goodbye to everyone and remember, please, for the next day or so, the terrible lesson you learned tonight that grinning, glowing, globular invader of your living room is an inhabitant of the pumpkin patch. And if your doorbell rings and nobody is there, that was no Martian, it's Halloween. Okay, that's sucks. And Orson Welles, fairly soon after this, would go to Hollywood where he uh, made Citizen Kane as his debut movie. So that's the, the 70th anniversary of War of the Worlds. Thank you for coming. Do you have any questions? Can you buy that? Yes. Downstairs. No, I got this on Amazon, War of the Worlds. Uh, there's a fairly hefty old-time radio, classic radio business, and if you go onto Amazon and Google War of the Worlds CD, you'll get this. So thank you very much for coming. Thank you very much.